too bad because, <laughs> yeah, it's years of practice. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Punk Rock Barbershop, black artists talking about their white influences and how they feel about those influences. Uh, we are coming to you from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, also known as Marion Anderson City. And we've got a bit of a unique interview today. We are here with... Uh, the good brother Corey Delaney, who was actually the second person we interviewed for the podcast uh, several months ago, but then my computer crashed and I was not able to salvage that interview. So, uh, but it's, you know, everything happens for a reason. What that reason was, I don't know, but maybe, you know, it just, it's a chance for Corey and I to spend some more time together. So, Corey, how are you doing? Uh, I am well. I consider it a uh, an honor to have been asked come back so yeah i'm good no complaints How excellent about i'm doing great yeah life is life is great yeah as you know as we had a chance to uh, talk about a little earlier when you got here and um as i mentioned yeah um uh yesterday being father's day so that was a great day my yes, first... happy father's day thank you thank you yes. so much i appreciated your text for that indeed um yeah it was wonderful yeah because like i said uh my my stepmother-in-law my, one of my brother-in-laws some of my nephews just had a great wonderful time with them lots of positivity lots of love lots of running around but you know it's better to be busy with people that you love as opposed to being busy i don't know working in a coal mine or something yeah. like that's you know it's i mean the worst it's yeah yeah i'm not i'm not trying to do that um so yeah thank you thank you for being here um uh yeah so let's let's dive into your your origin story so this will be a little weird since i've asked you a lot of these questions before it's all good um but you know this will be some of the viewers first times listening and this will give me more of a chance to you know do a bit of a deeper dive into your life mm -hmm. um yeah so so where where are you from yeah i am from a small town outside of pittsburgh known as aliquippa aliquippa yep. aliquippa pennsylvania all right i know a little bit about Aliquippa, the well, yeah, uh, very, very, very little bit. All I know, really know, is that uh, the uh, running back Tony Tony Dorsett, yeah. I believe, is from there. Yep. Yeah. So. So it's a big uh, Western PA in general, like mm -hmm. that part of the country, Ohio, yeah. West Virginia, is known for its sports. Yeah. So. Uh, primarily football as okay. well. So you have Darrell Revis. Oh, nice, Jonathan awesome. Baldwin. Yeah. Uh, Tony Dorsett. Yeah. Um. So I went to high school with his name's David Puzlesny. I think that's how you pronounce okay. it. Okay. But his he and his brother are in the NFL. His sister plays for the U.S. Olympic um, volleyball team. So really, oh, that's cool. Sports heavy yeah. area in a little small, formerly uh, coal mining city. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um. So yeah. Awesome. Um. All right. So this so this is Western Pennsylvania mm -hmm. outside of Pittsburgh. How like how close to pittsburgh is it um it's about a 40 minute drive okay uh pittsburgh is all built on like cow paths i guess okay so it's not structured like yeah. philly or new york where it's on a grid it's wherever the cows walked and made dirt roads okay and you know tread they put roads yeah so to get anywhere in pittsburgh you have to drive gotcha so it's yeah there's no public transportation really that gets you there gotcha so. gotcha um, and how do you know if Aliquippa is close to a town called Clareton? 
Claring Clarington? There, uh, no, it's Claire- Cl- it's Clareton, C L A I R T O N. Yeah, it's a college, I think, too. Okay, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so there, well, there's a very famous movie called The Deer Hunter. Ah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it takes place in Clareton. Really? Yeah. I never yeah. knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's about like Vietnam vets, right? Yeah, it's it's a super interesting movie. It's based off of a book which was set during World War One. Okay, okay, I believe. Um. And might have involved like, you know, European soldiers. Mm-hmm. But so for the movie, they updated it. They said it during the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Robert De Niro, uh, John Cazale. I think that's how it's pronounced. But the guy that played Fredo in the Godfather movies, like him, Robert De Niro, Christopher ah, okay. Walken. Christopher Walken won an Oscar for it. Uh, Meryl Streep. It's, it's like a one pretty of her. Good first, cast. It's, it's an amazing yeah. cast. But yeah, so it's really, it's really more about how the war affects their friendship because mm-hmm. three of them go off to serve in Vietnam and Robert De Niro's character comes back relatively unscathed mm-hmm. psychologically. Christopher Walken's character is not in a good spot and he actually doesn't come home. Like he stays in Vietnam. Got you. Um, and this other um, actor, John Savage who had a very small part in Do the Right Thing. He's the guy with the Larry Bird jersey that bumps into to bugging out like on oh, the street. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that yeah, so so he comes back and he's like a, a double amputee. Okay. And but then he's also like very psychologically yeah. damaged. So so the Vietnam portion is really only like 45 minutes of the movie. Gotcha. It's about a 3-hour movie, but mm. it's it's just about yeah, like they're their life before yeah. and after, but yeah, it takes place in Western PA. So, Word, Clarendon. Yeah. yeah, so nice. Yeah, so it's a it's a pretty interesting movie. Um, all right, so so tell us a little bit about your yourself, like you know, uh, you know, what was your home life like? Like, do you have brothers, mm-hmm. sisters? Like, yeah, like you know, what was what was your your thing growing up? Yeah, so I'm the only child between my mother and father. Okay, uh, but I'm the youngest of both of my parents' children. So my mother has two children and my father has three. Gotcha. Um, so I'm the youngest of all of them. Okay. Uh, the best, by the way. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the youngest <laughs> in my family. I'm the best. So yeah, yeah youngest is the best. <laughs> um, so I'm also far removed young. So it's mm-hmm. about 10 years mm-hmm. to my mm-hmm. nearest sibling. Okay. Um, so growing up, like I was pretty much no siblings in the house yeah. that I can recall yeah. that made a huge impact on my, you know, psyche about like, you know, siblings mm-hmm. in the house. Um, so I pretty much grew up a single child, only child yeah. in the house um, with my mother. My father left, uh, my father and mother divorced, I think when I was around six. Okay. So he left. Uh, he was also a truck driver. I don't know if I told you that. Yeah, no, I don't, I'm, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, he was remember. a truck driver. Okay. Um, so he drove milk trucks when I was a, like a, like a small baby child. Mm-hmm. And then he started driving uh, eighteen wheelers. Oh, interesting! All across the country. Nice. So he was yeah. in and out of the house. Yeah, anyways. yeah. So yeah, it was just me and my mom uh, in the house for about what 12, 13, 14 years. Okay. Um, I Aliquippa is an interesting area in that um, where I went to school, Hopewell, primarily mm-hmm. white. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Aloquippa as a city also has a high school, Aloquippa High School, which is primarily black. Okay. Um, and it's your, so Steel Towns, I don't know, you probably know a lot about Steel Towns, but the listeners might not. Um, it was built in like 
plans and projects mm, mm-hmm. because the steel industry was popping. So they built homes around the steel mill uh, in plans because then they had buses picking up the men going into the mill. So um, it's very sectioned in the sense that you have um, white people living in this area. Sure. But they're not only white, like Polish people living in this like three block radius and Germans living mm-hmm. in this three block and then black people living in the rest. Yeah. Um, so after the steel mill kind of, you know, went up um, in like the eighties and nineties, um, a lot of the white people, most of the white people in Aliquippa proper fled for the suburbs, like the Hopewell areas, gotcha. but even more further than, um, than that in like places like center city, um, which is interesting that there's a center yeah, city. Center city yeah, center um, city. Beaver. So okay. Yeah, Beaver County is really uh, black and white in that instance. That you know, in the Aliquippa, the city, not too many white folk, but in the suburbs, not too many black folk. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And um, you know, and so for the listeners that don't know, so your your father's African American. Yes. Your mother's white. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um So your, and then are your siblings are you know are they to be sort of like general about Mm -hmm. it like are they black siblings and white siblings or are they biologically biracial or whatever the appropriate term Mm -hmm. is so on my mother's side my brother and my sister are both white Mm -hmm. um on my father's side uh two are biracial okay um and one is black okay yeah um so yeah uh was that just well, did you have really like any contact with them growing up? I mean, like yeah. even if it was just sort of like mm-hmm. they would come by the house to like give you birthday presents yeah. or something. On my father's side, uh, my one sibling I've never met. Okay. Um, my brother, I don't know his name. Sure. Don't know who he is. Is that is that hard? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, just I mean, because he's yeah. it's kind of a non like you don't you don't miss what you don't yeah. really know exactly kind of thing. Okay. Um, and I didn't know about him until later. And gotcha. Like, um. And then my sisters on my father's side, I keep in touch. Mm-hmm. One lives in uh, one lives in San Diego. Okay. So I tell you, know, I, I wish her a happy birthday sure. every year. Yeah. But besides that, nothing really shared between her. Yeah. And then my other sister still lives in Aliquippa area, and I talk to her when I go home, uh, take her out whenever yeah. I see her uh, around the town when I'm home to you know breakfast. Um, but not so much on my mom's side, though. My brother, and my sister, I would say I'm more close with. Sure. Um, just because my mother was in the house, and right. then they would come, you know, over, of course, see her and me. So um, there's more of a bond there. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, so, like, what were you like? What were you into when you were a kid? Like, what's the, you know? Yeah. Were you just like obsessed with the Pittsburgh Pirates and like <laughs> Star Wars, or yeah, like what? Like yeah. what? What was your deal when you were a kid? Um. So. I have like blips of memories. Um, I wouldn't. I would definitely not say I'm a Trekkie by any stretch okay, sure. of the imagination. But I do have fond memories of this is mad weird, but sitting in front of the TV, uh, drinking milk with ice in it. Okay, that the milk with ice I find yeah. very weird. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah looking back. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but watching Star Trek as a awesome. kid, drinking my milk and ice combo. All right. Um, so I was into that a little bit. Yeah. And I think that really got me into, um, 
fantasy sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So like your Lord of the Rings. Gotcha. Um, I, 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 I grew up in a, a very a very religious, strict household. Mm-hmm. So Harry Potter even was like, nope, yeah, right. can't yeah, read that. Yeah, witchcraft. That's, that's yeah. witchcraft, yeah. yeah. But things like that. Okay. Um, I was into uh, history. Mm-hmm. I loved history. Um, I was not into math or science. So I was like AP history. Yeah. I was really into, um, my mom got me into oratory contests yeah. uh, for a, a Dr. King oratory contest sure. where I had, to, I had to do research and then present it in front of people um, in verbal uh, communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really into talking to people. So my mom always mentions when I go home that, um, I had neighbors and, uh, especially like my older neighbors who live by themselves. Yeah. I would just go and talk to them and like sing songs with them awesome. as a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, being company for them mm-hmm. and with them. Um, Boy Scouts, I was into outdoors. Yeah. Um, I was into music, but gospel music, you know, whenever I couldn't control what I was listening right. to, um, kind of, which I think is a great place to start mm-hmm. a musical journey, especially sure. um, in the black music yeah. tradition, gospel is one of the foundational um, subgenres. Yeah. So um, uh, a person who I consider my godfather, Dr. Curtis, amazing man, amazing musician. I like had my eyes glued on him every Sunday. Mm. He's mm-hmm. a um, piano player, organ player, um, choir director. He's in the Gospel Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's oh, that's cool. Amazing yeah. guy. Yeah. So, um, he really got me into music. So I started getting into that um, growing up. Um, I was a troublemaker as a kid, so I was interested in getting in trouble. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, and then I got in, in, into sports later uh, when I was, you know, trying to be cool in my cool phase. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Right? So football team, yeah. basketball team. Were you like? Were you ever a diehard like Steelers? penguins or pirates fan not really i tried my best yeah um but like watching sports has never been a thing for me gotcha um yeah like so um being active in the sport Mm -hmm. i'll be all you know all about but not watching gotcha oh that's interesting that's interesting which is yeah being from pittsburgh like everyone's wrapped in a terrible towel when they're born yeah so yeah it's pretty interesting yeah i feel like that's like sacrilegious to like (laughs) not it's like not be into it because yeah i mean the the young lady I dated in college uh, is from Pittsburgh. I believe her mom still lives there. And I mean, and they were into, I don't really know if they were into sports, but like they just knew, like they knew mm-hmm. about all the stuff that like everyone knows about. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you know, Roberto Clemente mm-hmm. and Willie Stargell and Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. Like, you know, like they they knew like the big three yep. and I guess... Yarmer Yager is yeah. like the big hockey penguins, player for the yeah. Penguins. Mario Lemieux. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mario Lemieux. Yeah. Like my my yeah. um this young lady like knew a fairly decent amount about Mario Lemieux for someone who like didn't really watch any hockey. It's like yeah. you know a lot about this guy. And mm-hmm. This is like you know pre like Google and Twitter yeah. and stuff. I was like, all right, well I guess that's what happens. My brother was really into well is really into hockey and the okay. Pens, and I went to see a few games. I think Mary Lemieux was still playing. Okay. And Yami Yager, like that yeah, whole era. Yeah. And I would just scream like, pass the ball, pass the awesome. ball. Yeah, awesome. And yeah. he would look at me like, it's called a puck. Yeah, it's Corey. a puck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's how much I was into that, it. That, that's, that's your knowledge. <laughs> no, that's that's yeah. okay. I, I was actually super in to hockey when I was a kid. I mean, like, I loved all sports. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, like the, the 
definitely the big three, baseball, football, basketball. I watched a fair amount of hockey because the town in California that we lived in, we had the like the L.A. version of Comcast. It was called Prime Ticket. So okay. Lakers games were always on there. Clippers games were always on there. L.A. Kings games were on there. And, I mean, in my house, like, everyone, like, my parents love sports. Mm-hmm. Like, they they watch Sports Center every day. Every day. Okay. And whenever they come up to visit in the summer now, they pretty much, ESPN is playing all day. Sometimes they'll watch HGTV. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, ESPN <laughs> is just on all the time. And then mm-hmm. when I go to their house... ESPN is on all the time and they're listening to NPR nice. in the back. So yeah, like that's that's their thing. But they've been to the, like the NCAA men's final four basketball tournaments probably like four oh, times. Wow. Yeah, like we used to go to we used to go to Dodgers games a lot. Like that was the thing that my parents mm-hmm. and I always did. And then I have two brothers. The middle brother, I mean like he's a sports dude. Football every Sunday. He literally was just in Oakland this weekend because they have like a thing for Oakland Raiders fans where you get to like spend a weekend together just like with the team um I don't know if it's with the team or just the people but, like just like, like fans. the fans and nice. stuff like they all just like I yeah my my dad told me about it yesterday <laughs> cool yeah like he's died so sports is like the thing nice in our house um okay so so something uh you know I want people to understand a little bit you know and I don't, I don't want to like dwell on this but I'm just mm-hmm. you know I want to like understand it a little bit so so you have a black father, you have a white mother, mm-hmm. you're in a town that, you know, definitely has a very noticeable black section, a very noticeable white section. Very, yeah. And I would imagine since this is the United States of America, there's a lot of, at least with some people, very passionate feelings about like this neighborhood, that neighborhood, these yep. people, those people. So like to the degree that you were able to understand this stuff as a kid. Mm hmm. Like what, just what was that like for you personally? Yeah, it was interesting because the church that I went to, so my mother would take me to church, of course, like every Sunday, Mm -hmm. Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday night, like literally every week, like at least four times. That's a lot of church. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody. For anybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, and I went to a Christian (laughs) elementary school, like Christian elementary through middle school. So from third to eighth grade. Um, yeah, I went to a Christian school. We had Bible class. We had chapel every Wednesday. My parents were not that religious back then, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, they they are very much so now. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, my dad's mom, who lived in the same town as we did, was at least my whole life was a very, very religious woman. Um, and we, for a period, we, like, lived around the corner from our church. Okay. Like, you could walk there literally in five uh, minutes. Yeah, no uh, excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there was no excuse not to go. <laughs> Um, but like, I mean, we just went on Sundays. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, yeah. every, it was four times a week. Yeah. Okay. And it was a, a Kojic, so Church of God in Christ Church. So okay. Yeah. The I black know church, hand clapping, mm-hmm. foot stomping, Church of God in Christ, right? Um, so really like lively church. It yeah. wasn't like boring to sure. go, but after a while, you know, anything is boring if yeah. you do it too much. Um, so where I lived, it was like on the cusp. It was like literally like in the middle, which is interesting looking yeah. back now being uh, biracial. Mm-hmm. Like I was in the middle of the black section and yeah. the white section. Yeah. Right? Um, so driving to church, you could see like um, the intersection of racism and socioeconomic oppression mm-hmm. where you would see nice houses with, you know, 
yards, and then you would start to see abandoned buildings and apartment complexes, yeah. and then you would see, you know, no yards, and just, con- it was like, so you could see the progression of, all right, there's there's a lack of money the closer we get to my church. Mm-hmm. Starting to figure that out, okay, why is that? Yeah. Um, the educational system there, you can definitely 100% see. Mm-hmm. Um, the lack of funds that Aliquippa school systems had versus the Hopewells, yeah. right? Um, and which is interesting because some families living in Hopewell, if especially like the fathers, if they saw that their sons, um, primarily sons, not so much daughters, but if their sons were good in sports, they would say that their aunt lives in Aliquippa so mm-hmm. they could live with them. Gotcha. So they could go to Aliquippa High School to get more recognized for sports. Mm, yeah. So when, it, so when it comes to sports, yeah. like Aliquippa was the place to be. When it right. comes to um, education, mm-hmm. as far as the money that they spend on like actually educating people, yeah. uh, not so much. Yeah, and I'm you know this because you're a smart mm-hmm. person. That That's not a coincidence. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it, if it fits into a larger yeah. narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, my school was primarily white, um, and I didn't recognize... Um, my blackness mm-hmm. um, until there was two main points. One um, was on the bus um, where I was called an Oreo, which I mean, they're delicious cookies. Right, yeah. so I was like, yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome. Mean, that's a compliment. I mm-hmm. thought, right. Um, so I kind of unknowingly twisted it into a self deprecating joke. Okay. But I wasn't like, deprecated i guess is the word i, I wasn't embarrassed sure, i wasn't yeah. saddened yeah. by this um but i guess others were laughing at my unnoticeable pain mm-hmm. um and then mm. the other time was i was at uh, the lunch table and you know sitting with white people mm-hmm. white kids and uh some I, I forget what the like what spurred this young lady to say but she was like you're not even black Corey." i was like what do you mean? Yeah. And I didn't break it down then in my mind because I didn't have the the definitions or the knowledge to yeah. really, like, you know, go into the context of what she said and mm-hmm. who was saying it and who am I. And, yeah. Um, so it was around then that I started to recognize these things, but I didn't internalize them, if that makes sense. Sure. I would see it and I'd be like, oh, interesting. Uh, but I wouldn't internalize it as, oh, this is... Um, a place that's for me or not for me, right. depending on who was around. Um, I do remember also my neighbor. Um, it was a uh, lower on the socioeconomic scale white family. Um, I believe the father was in like a bike gang, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, I don't know if they drank a lot, but I could see like whenever I walked by, right. the recyclables will be filled with beer cans, yeah, and, you know, liquor bars. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to yeah. assume anything. Um, but it, I mean, it, it yeah. stands to reason that, yeah. you know, yeah, just paint, yeah. Paint the picture. Don't, yeah. 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 Uh, so that like, like, like the kids were cool with me in the neighborhood, uh, especially from that household, but the father hated me mm. and I had no idea why. Yeah. Like no one ever told me why. Yeah. Uh, my mother didn't really have the definition to tell mm-hmm. me why. Cause you know, she's a white woman. She mm-hmm. doesn't really know like, and, and she's from like the country. Right. So like. She doesn't really have the terminology to explain to me. Um, so I just was like, all right, I guess they just don't like me. But I didn't know that it's because I was black. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So it was like, it was interesting in the sense that I was in it, but it, there's this meme of this dog at the kitchen table eating breakfast or some meal mm-hmm. and everything around it is on fire. Mm, mm-hmm. And the dog's like, everything's fine. Nothing's yeah. nothing's wrong. It's like almost not noticing the right. heat from the flames. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's super interesting and that's one of the things that, you know, I I'm very curious just to talk to other people about um and you know cuz I you know a lot of that you know has really resonated for me, you know, and you know and we you know we've talked about this, you know, several times, but you know, you know with my experience, both my parents are black. Um I grew up in a, you know, in a suburb that was maybe at the time like 70% black or 70% white, 30% black, but our neighborhood was all black. Like we were Mm -hmm. on the black side of town. Um, and you know, my dad worked in corporate finance. My mom worked for a bank and then worked at a travel agent. So, and I went to a private school. So really the only black people I knew were the parents or the children of Mm middle-class professionals or maybe working class people, but like working class people who were aspirational and like everyone could afford to go on vacation. Yeah. Cause I mean, and it was, it was not a cheap school to go to. Mm-hmm. So, so like that wasn't necessarily a thing. And there was a fair amount of like insulation to a certain degree from white racism. Um, you know, the, but sometimes like not sometimes it's like, it's the, there's the fire yeah. like right next to you, yep. but you're just, you're eight years old and you're like, okay, well, everything's yeah. cool. And mm-hmm. you know, I've been told that, well, racist people are in the KKK and they like yep. b- bomb your house. Yep. So this person is just like, I don't know why they're so angry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting. It is. And yeah, so it's, and, and my, my mother didn't have the term and she was kind of, uh, again, very religious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would ask questions and it would always refer to like Bible verses. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, which I'm, 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 I'm grateful for the lessons. Mm-hmm. I learned from the Bible, but that didn't answer my questions. Yeah, and it, it's you know? not necessarily um, a lot of that stuff can sort of come off as platitudes. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that makes sense in theory, yeah. but like, how do I do? Like, something Naomi and I talk about is when people are like, you know, well, trusting God to find a job. It's mm-hmm. like that's okay, but like, you still yeah. have to send resumes yeah. <laughs> to people. Yeah. So like, how? How do you walk me yeah. through that? Yep. Yeah. The process of actually yeah. moving yes. through the world. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so she didn't have the answers. And I found myself kind of internalizing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking back, I would have felt a lot more comfortable in being... I. Well, I don't know if it's alone or lonely because I wasn't lonely in the sense that I didn't feel lonely, but I was alone because I didn't have any close friends uh, besides one chancellor yeah. back from Pittsburgh. Shout out. Keep Pittsburgh dope. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But um, besides him, it was like just me and my mind. And mm. the, so I would make it an effort to kind of put myself out there um, and then people wouldn't accept me and I wouldn't internalize why. Yeah. So I wasn't, a, I wasn't lonely, but I was alone. So looking back, I would have accepted it and not tried to fit in so much, mm-hmm. especially in the white culture. Yeah. Um, 
because I found myself trying to do that, yeah. right? Trying to find my identity, trying mm -hmm. to find, okay, because I'm an Oreo, what does that mean? Right. Um, so I tried to, you know, figure that out first yeah. and then trying to figure out, okay, people, you know, see me, they don't see white, they don't see black, what do they see yeah. and how can I be what they see mm -hmm, mm, as opposed mm -hmm. to me just being Corey yeah, and yeah. doing what I do. So mm -hmm. I found myself trying to fit into molds um, rather than, you know, create my own, yeah. which was, I guess, which is why I got in trouble a lot. Sure. Yeah. Because I was, you know, acting out because mm -hmm. it was almost like, like almost like screaming, like I'm, I'm lonely. I need mm -hmm. help. Yes. Yeah, see I me. Where I, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was really bad. It was a lot of times I was in um, anger management mm. class. Yeah. Like, like there was a class. Wow. And two of the people out of the five are in jail for like murder mm. mm -hmm. now. And I was like, like looking back, I'm like, wow, I, I was that bad. I yeah. guess. And um, I'm glad there was change, which we'll get to later. But uh, yeah, I was acting out. Yeah. And I was lashing out on people who. Um, I don't believe there's anyone less or more than humans. Yeah. But I would view them as less than me back then. Yeah. And I would lash out against them to, you know, misery loves company. Mm -hmm. So trying to make them feel bad. Yeah. And I actually just apologized to one, mm. um, one, I, I won't say his name. Sure, sure. Course, yeah. But um, I was a jerk to yeah. him. I, I don't know if we can curse on this, but I was. No, yeah, you can jerk. I was can an jerk. asshole yeah. to him. Like it was, it was mm -hmm. bad. And. I don't know how he got through school, yeah. you know, especially like seeing bullying now, which is right. why I'm like really against all of that. But, um, yes, yeah, so I recently apologized to him in a heartfelt mm -hmm. Facebook messenger yeah, in this yeah. social media day and age. Um, but yeah, I was lashing out trying to find myself and that was around junior high and the high school. Um, and I, I don't know if this is pertinent, but looking back, like my mother was like, I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. Like she's by herself working three jobs. Mm, she mm -hmm. was a secretary at Aliquippa high school. Mm, mm -hmm. So she saw what the, you know, the young black children were yeah. like going through there, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was, uh, she, I, th I think she worked at Salvation Armies. If you know okay. what those are. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. so she had, you know, three jobs yeah, working yeah. at the church too. Yeah. That's a job. So she didn't have time, so she put me on this medication for ADHD, mm. right? which, I mean, most uh, most out, what's it called, uh, children who are, you know, out of control, mm -hmm. as they think. Yeah. Uh, they just diagnose you with ADHD. Yeah. You know, it's pretty give, popular give them back, pills. Yeah. Yeah, back yeah. in the early 2000s, yeah. late 90s. Um, looking back, I could see how it was a blessing in disguise, but also a curse in disguise, because um, I lost a little bit of creativity mm -hmm. in the sense that I couldn't like capture that feeling anymore. Cause it was almost like I was being sedated. Right. Um, but in the same breath, I was paying attention more in school and then my academics and getting better grades and, you know, just being healthier in general, not mean anymore. I was, that was one, uh, turn, I guess you can say was being forcibly put on these drugs. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I was still being mean in general to people, um, especially um, to white people, mm -hmm. right? Because uh, I would, 
like after I was put on these drugs and I started reading a lot more in my history mm-hmm. classes, mm-hmm. learning about you know civil rights movement, mm-hmm. looking into Malcolm X, mm-hmm. reading about Dr. King and mm-hmm. Huey Newton and Fred Hampton, like all these different stories that I, you know, heard about I guess in passing. Um, but I got angry at white mm-hmm. people um, and just started lashing out a little mm-hmm. bit at them and trying, especially the white people who tried to act black mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. where I'm from, it's, and especially like like uh, early 2000s, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. a, it was an ugly time, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. for like fashion and clothes. Mm-hmm. So you can really see what someone was into yes. by the fashion, like the long t-shirts, mm-hmm. FUBU. I yeah. saw a white man, uh, like white young man in high school wearing FUBU. I'm like, yeah. What is this? Like, why yeah. do you, you know yeah. what this is? Um, so, yeah, that was my, like, my transition into, like, being just mean in general, um, figuring out, okay, I am different. Why? Being lonely in that. Um, and then lashing out even more. And then my mother just couldn't handle it, so putting me on drugs. And then calming down a little bit, reading a lot more. Um, but then still being angry, right, in, inside. So that yeah. was, like, my elementary junior high into high school tumultuous time yeah yeah that high school kind of you know simmered mm-hmm. a little bit but um so what was it like what was it in high school that really simmered you yeah in your words um there was a so my principal um dr allison really like amazing guy really great educator um kind of like took me under his wing and like he could see that i was getting better um, and better as far as like I was getting more active. Sure. I was um had my own radio show mm. every morning. What I was, was do, what was the radio show about? Ah, so it was just like intro. Like it was like um I don't know if you had TVs in your homeroom every morning. Uh no, but we we I mean we had uh like a PA system. Yeah. So like they would do announcements yep. and stuff. So we had that with TVs. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And um I would be on like the TV during the day's news about what's okay. happening yeah. today. Yeah, nice. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, involved in sports and um, getting better grades. Mm-hmm. So you can see, like, I was getting better. Yeah. So he, you know, wanted to make sure I stayed on the right path, if yeah. you will. So um, he would bring me into his office whenever I would get into, you know, like little troubles here yeah. and there, you know, just being in high school, you have those. And he would, I remember the first record he pulled out, because he would pull out music. Mm-hmm. But like, he's like, uh, six foot eight, no lie. Okay, wow. White yeah. man. Yeah. Right. This time when I was in high school, he was in his maybe early fifties. Okay. Um. So you know, just corny dude. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, from what I thought when mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, oh, this yeah, dude's yeah. Corny. Your perception of yeah. corny. Yeah. And he would pull out LL Cool J. He was like, "This is you know, I used to listen to this record, Corey." Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, we would just listen to records. Mm. And most of the artists he pulled out were black. Yeah. Um, which I think he was trying to make a connection mm-hmm. yeah. as best he could. Yeah, so he was B. trying. B. King, he loved B.B. King, okay. uh, Smokey Robinson. Mm-hmm. He gave me, uh, it was, remember like those CD packs? Oh, yeah, it yeah. It was like the, like the two CDs on top of each other. You mm-hmm. could like flip. It yeah. was like eight CDs. He gave me um, one of those of like all Smokey Robinson's hits, mm-hmm. right? So that was cool. Um, that was a turning point where like someone actually in authority at the school put trust in me. Right. Um, I started to talk to my godfather a lot more. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Curtis, um, the musician, I would, uh, like he, 
really cool guy. He yeah. was down to earth. I would ask him questions like, like, how do you know God is real? And like really right. like introspective conversation yeah. yeah. that he would talk with me about, right? Um, and they wouldn't just well just read the Bible and read this verse and right, yeah. you'll learn why. Mm-hmm. No, he would like you know hear me out to my like philosophical um, arguments against you know religion mm-hmm. and the Bible and uh, being heard by those two men especially was really formative. And then Dr. Allison from uh, my my high school, the principal, enrolled me in this citywide diversity day okay. where I was I think I was a junior in high school. And I went and uh, I was like the spokesperson for Hopewell. And it was just cool like to see like, you know, other, because being like where I'm from, either you're white or you're black or right. you're biracial. Yeah. That's it. Like you didn't see any, like when I first got to Philly, I saw people in hijabs. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what, you know, kufis were. I right. didn't, you know, really see anyone, especially in like, you know, uh, African uh, traditional African sure. garb, you know, right. like nothing like that. Yeah, ever. It, it was it was very yeah. much the like kind of just standard black American yep. thing, the standard white American yeah. thing, you know, and like not even necessarily because like for me, um, you know, like all, you know, all of my family is uh, African American, Southern American, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, we're like, we're from the South. Yeah. My grandparents are from. North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, and Tennessee. That's the South. Yeah, yeah like so, like the South. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, like I, like I knew I, like I knew of Jamaica, kind of maybe, mm-hmm. like yeah. only from Cool Runnings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. like you know, but, <laughs> run for the money. Exactly, exactly. But like meeting, <laughs> like you know, getting older, and then it's black people who are like, oh, my family's from Barbados. Yeah, and it's like I. Cause what, like I, what is that? I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I literally thought that there were black people in America and in Africa. Yeah. And even just Caribbean countries, I was like, huh? Yeah. South America? Huh? England? Yeah. Huh? Didn't like, hear the word diaspora yeah. until college. Yeah. Same with me. Same with me. Never and, even knew. And even the idea of black people speaking French. Yeah. Black, black people speaking Portuguese. Yep. Black people speaking, you know, whether it's Lingala or Swahili, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like... Yeah, m- yeah, my mind was totally yep. blown. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's interesting now because, you know, I've been in Philly for 22 years. So, I mean, I've kind of seen everything of, like, all people. Yeah. But, you know, seeing black people in hijabs, in kufis, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, you know, yeah. it's kilts, like, yeah. everything. Anything. It's, like, it's super, super normal. I don't know what Sikh men wear. Right. Uh, but the, like, the wrap they wear mm-hmm. in their hair, yeah. right? Or their head. Yeah. Never saw that yeah. in my life. Yeah, and it's I, it's interesting, because, like, for me, like, it's all normal now, but mm-hmm. then, for instance, um, uh, like, a friend was visiting, like, a friend of a friend, and they're just from, like, a, you know, a, a kind of small community in Michigan. So, like, yeah, like, they, they didn't see black people wearing hijabs. And, yeah. and it's kind of hard for me to remember, like, oh, like, that used to be something totally new to my worldview when I first got here, yep. but I've been here for 22 years. So like, it's kind of hard at least for me to remember like, Oh yeah. Like there was a certain point in time where I had no frame of reference yeah. for what that was. Yeah. So my diversity day in Beaver County, like the black, white, the biracial town that I thought was just one of those three that you are. Um, I saw people from people from other countries mm-hmm. who spoke different languages, you know, from the diaspora, yeah. black diaspora, but 
also like India or Vietnam or Thailand. I had, I had no idea that they existed. Um, so seeing that really opened my, really made me cosmopolitan for the first time. Um, I still would not consider myself woke at being in high sure. school. Yeah. Um, so that was so that was a third thing that that like being involved in like the diversity days of high school. Uh, there was about twenty different high schools okay. that had come together. So that was cool. And then my so like I said, my mother had me in these oratory contests. And my senior year of high school, I won won the oratory contest. And someone from I always forget the name of this college. It's some Christian. Uh, Geneva College. Okay. Yes, Geneva yeah. College. Yeah, yeah. Um, black man was at the oratory contest, heard me speak, and he had, um, you know, come up to me after the the uh, contest and said, I would love to, you know, um, to sponsor you on this civil rights bus uh, trip. Um, you know, it's a two-week trip. Um, we're going to travel all throughout the South, almost like a horseshoe shape. Gotcha. So yeah. from the Carolinas to the, I guess, Virginia's to the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know geography of the, of this country to it, but like Mississippi, Alabama. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah you go down. Horseshoe. Yeah. Then you, yeah. Through the Carolinas, then you hit Georgia. Yep. Georgia, Alabama, Georgia. Mississippi. Yeah. If you go super West, it's Louisiana, then Texas. Yeah, I didn't go too West, but okay. I went them. So it was around like. Alabama, we started coming north to okay. Tennessee, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee's right north Somewhere, of Alabama. Yeah. All right, so so a lot of like in the Ohio, deep, the yeah, deep the, south. Yep. And uh, I would consider this like a major turning point in my life uh, because I met Fred Shuttlesworth. I awesome, met, yeah. Um, like one of Rosa Parks' best friends. Mm, mm-hmm. um, just in, like incredible people. I met three of the Little Rock Nine. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and... You know, I was like, I've heard about a few of these people, yeah, but never heard of Fred Shuttlesworth. Right. Um, I met Ralph Abernathy's wife. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I never heard of him. Just yeah. Dr. King, never his, never yeah. his friend. Or yeah, anything. yeah, yeah. In school, at least like for me, like you, you get like you know the big folks, oh, the yeah. the Dr. Kings, the Malcolm X's, the mm-hmm. Rosa Parks, but never the um, you know, the Claudette Colvins nope. or yeah. the Fred Shuttlesworths or. Maybe you get Medgar ever like I maybe yeah, yeah. I and yeah. honestly I the only time I heard of Medgar Evers was when he was referenced in an episode of Good Times okay yeah like like the the younger brother Michael someone came like a police officer came I think looking for JJ and okay. then because um, he got caught up with some guys and then Michael said like oh like you know when are you gonna find Medgar Evers murderer yeah and I remember like hearing the audience applauding and like I, I just remember thinking like like who is Medgar yeah. Evers and my parents were very proactive in teaching me black history and teaching the like lesser known okay. figures but like even with that yeah I mean just there's just so many people yeah. who we just never hear about yeah and I'm I'm blessed because my mother didn't teach me anyone in like like the B sides of Black history, mm-hmm. um, because she didn't know. Yeah, she hardly knows like the A sides. The A sides, yeah. Um, but she was open to like, if 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 she could help find a way for me to learn, mm-hmm. she was yeah. all about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Um. So she was real hate to let me go on this trip, and um. Yeah. So talking with them, especially Fred Shuttlesworth, and when he was talking about how he was like whipped with like barbed wire. Mm, yeah. And chains and, you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, like, uh, pistol whipped, mm-hmm. you know, 
and of course imprisoned, right? Yeah. Um, and he still like as a so I was a uh, um a Christian during this time, and he still became a pastor and yeah. still loved all people yeah. and still wanted you know to help. He wasn't angry anymore. Yeah. That kind of switched off like the angsty part mm-hmm. of me, um, and really helped like wipe the crust out my woke eye. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. like, I still wasn't woke yet. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, this, you know, what's all this, you know, crust in my eye? Let right, me, you know, right. wipe this off. So I started to be able to see, like, all right, so people can go through, you know, things that, like, like Fred Shuttlesworth and countless millions of others, yeah. uh, people in the, in the, in the diaspora, like African yeah. diaspora, have gone through and still love, you know, and mm-hmm. still want to help. Yeah. Um, why is that? And yeah. how can I do that? Right. So that was kind of like a turning point for me in the sense that, all right, I know I'm here to help people now and not be angry or, you right. know, hurt people. Um, and it kind of set me on not so much like the the right path, but sure. like, a, like a path that I was starting to like forge for myself, but unknowingly. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we'll get to like when I was in college, I still wanted to be part of the cool crowd right 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 um so so something something that i want to explore and i feel like we maybe have like 30 to 40 minutes of time um so i want to i want to do a little bit of a shift here Mm -hmm. um so i have the benefit of knowing you so i know many things that you've done so i know so i'm going to go through some of the the hit lists and correct me for what i don't get (laughs) totally right so you went to Duquesne University, is that correct yep. for your undergrad? Yep. And you were like business or marketing? Yeah, integrated marketing communication. Okay. So it was liberal arts. Okay. Okay. Marketing, yeah. You went to Temple African American Studies Department mm-hmm. for your master's. Yep. Um, what year did you finish up at Temple? Uh, 2014. 2014. Um, so how I know you is I was working at a nonprofit in North Philadelphia, Treehouse Books, really centered around holistic development for African-American youth through literacy. Um, You were a volunteer there for Mm -hmm. many years. You also worked there um, in a capacity as a a summer camp counselor, Mm -hmm. you know, so we did literacy camps. And you were primarily working with like the younger cohort of kids. Uh, How old were the young people you were working with? I think the oldest was four. Okay. And, uh, I'm sorry, the youngest was four, and the oldest was maybe nine or ten. Okay, yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. And you did that for a two couple, years. Like two yeah. years. And your involvement with Treehouse, that was what, like four or five years? Maybe? Yeah, four years. Yeah. Okay, four years. And since then, you've been primarily working, um, I would say, in the community development sphere, youth, mm-hmm. you know, human-centered development, you know, really with a strong focus on black people you know you've Mm -hmm. had some other paying gigs that haven't necessarily been with that cultural focus but Mm -hmm. but it's it's always the through line i feel like is yeah you you're you're in the business of helping unleash people yeah um and are you are you able to talk about your new job now like is it official yeah i think i can okay well yeah i mean and (laughs) only 12 people listen to this podcast (laughs) right now so i don't think there's going to be any big reveals page six yeah yeah <laughs> um so what what's your uh r- really quickly tell the people uh what your the job is you will be starting very soon yeah so i will be a support coach 
um, for the Center for Male Engagement at the community at the community college of Philadelphia. Very nice. Yeah. So something that I'm wonder I I want you to talk about, and um, you are one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast, and I didn't know it at the time, but it's sort of like when you look back on your life and it's like, oh, actually, that thing that happened five years ago, mm-hmm. that's really the genesis of this. Yeah. But so, you know, something that I've always, um, you know, a couple things I've always appreciated about you is just like how open and candid you are just about your life. And, you know, you're like, mm-hmm. these are the things that have happened, um, you know. So I think that's, you know, that's super interesting. And like for me, you know, we've talked about this before and – Uh, You know, some of the listeners know this is that, you know, I myself always felt very kind of confused as to where I fit in the world Mm -hmm. because, you know, I grew up mostly in a black neighborhood until I was 14. I have two very culturally aware black parents, culturally aware black grandparents, but some confusion about that because my grandparents were so light skinned that they could pass for white. So Mm -hmm. I was like, how are you? How are you black if? I know like white people who are darker than you, like that yeah. was super confusing, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you work through that. Um, but the world that my parents came from was v- pretty different from the world I grew up in, or even the world that my brothers grew up in. I'm 40. So I was born in 1979. My oldest brother was born in 1969. Other brother was born in 1971. So I'm living in, you know, very integrated suburbs. Most of my friends are white. So I'm into the stuff that they're into. Yeah. Um, very much like you said of like the dogs at the table and the world's on fire and you don't notice. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, my mom worked in Los Angeles during the Rodney King, mm-hmm. you know, during the LA uprising, the riots, yeah. um, you know, um, you know, the LAPD had a notorious reputation mm-hmm. I mean, like always has, um, you know, um, I got pulled over for driving while black in high school and mm-hmm. I like kind of got it kind of didn't, um, but for me, since I didn't really grow up with this like overt like hot like white hostility mm-hmm. towards me, I always sort of felt like you know the the white kids that I knew like like the, like the, like those are my brothers like those are the people mm-hmm. I've really grown up with yeah. like that's you know that's the music and the culture that like I'm super into Pink Floyd Led Zeppelin The Doors The Beatles yeah. you know the movies of Wes Anderson Quentin Tarantino yeah. like that's and then you know like you know my parents would be like read this Lorraine Hansberry play because you like theater. Read this <laughs> yeah. August Wilson yeah. play. Like, read Richard Wright. I'm like, I don't like this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So so that's been, you know, just my personal journey. Um, and then me just trying to figure out, like, okay, well, like, who am I? Because I tried to be the, like, oh, well, I have a college degree and I live in Philly and I'm black, so I should listen to The Roots and I should, yeah. you know, I should – go to coffee houses and listen to diggable planets because that's what (laughs) college educated black people do. And then I got to a point where it's like, it's good music. I'm just not into it. Or I like these three songs. Mm -hmm. The rest is not really my thing. I would still rather listen to Led Zeppelin, you know, like that's just me. Um, So it took me a while to figure that out. So what was interesting for you and me, I, I remember having like a couple of conversations with you. Um, and I would say you're like, the most like overtly you're, you're probably the person who I know who can like overtly talk about quote unquote African stuff. Like, you know, I'm saying that in air quotes, 
list the for the three people that are listening do, do not take this in the pejorative <laughs> but like i mean but you know you're someone who can talk about african-centered philosophy you know connecting to the continent connecting to the diaspora mm-hmm. um uh using african frames of reference like in a way that doesn't necessarily sound like a college lecture yeah. you know because like i know a lot of people who you know it's you know you're like uh, yeah, so like, what do you want to have for dinner? And it's like, well, you know, in the comedic culture, it's like, dude, I feel you. I totally feel you. Yeah. I I just want to yeah. know what restaurant we're going someone to. Someone once, I was talking to someone and they, uh, I was like, you know, what do you want to go for, you know, like to eat? And they pulled out uh, Elijah Muhammad's, uh, mm-hmm. what's that book? Yeah. About, um, oh, uh, like the Miseducation of the Black Man no, or the, something? No, uh, the, uh, the food book he wrote. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know about yeah, that Yeah, so he wrote a food uh, a book that like talks about like what black men should eat. Right, right. So yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's like uh, like and they prost the prostatalize. That's a word, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Prostal prostatalize. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they're trying to preach to mm-hmm, you and mm-hmm. not talk with you. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so you're someone. So like for instance, um, one of the things I always liked that you um that you would do when you were doing games with the young people at Treehouses, like you would do the game of Biko says referencing, I'm assuming Stephen Biko. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, Simon says, yeah. you know, and yeah. And so like, like, you know, lots of little things like that where yeah. it's like, it's like, yeah, like that totally works. Yeah. Um, but so I remember talking to you um, and you were talking about how like you were like, really into Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. And and then, and there was something in my brain of like, I, I couldn't put my finger on it then, but mm-hmm. I, I remember we, like we were talking in about 30 seconds, you had referenced Thelonious Monk, Hunter Thompson, and the Migos, or Migos. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what their, you know, their <laughs> official band name yeah. is. But I'm, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, like there's something ab- like about that. Yeah. So, um... So, so like, what's your just sort of, like, overall philosophy with, like, the art that you consume mm-hmm. and the music and, like, all of that? Yeah. Um, my first thing when, like, seeing, listening, um, experiencing any form of intake, whether yeah. it's um, listening to a podcast, um, like the punk rock barbershop. Um, thanks, thanks for the name drop. Much no appreciated. Doubt, no doubt. Um, is, does it... Bring about goodness, mm-hmm. right? And like I listen to Megan Thee Stallion, right? Like Simon Says with Juicy J is one of my yeah. favorite tracks. It's not bringing about like what what someone else might think is good, but it's not harming. It's not mm-hmm. she, like 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 she's not calling anyone names. Right. Um, she's not downing anyone's yeah. lifestyles. She's saying I'm here to have a good time, and the person I'm with is gonna do what I say. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. in a Probably sexual manner. I'm probably yeah, sure. yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So like, if it's life giving, by all means. Um, I try to find, um, because it's purposely hidden. I try to always find the uh, black and brown folk who are doing life giving works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's like everything that like it's hidden yes, or absolutely. it is um, made to be evil. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I will not, not listen to the talking heads because right. they're white. Yeah. 
the talking heads are funky. What do you yes, mean? Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. It's a fun- yeah. yeah, funky yeah. group. And what's what what's super interesting about that is um um that main song. Well, so I don't know if you know this. The there is a splinter group from the Talking Heads called the Tom Tom Club. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a couple members yeah. from Talking Heads, but that song that like all the hip hop people sample. Dun, dun. Yeah. So dun. for the longest time. Um, what you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. I I never knew that was the Tom Tom Club because so like Talking Heads is a group I'd never really listened to mm-hmm. in high school. Like I knew about them and yeah. I like I knew the three songs that like everyone knows yeah. by them. Um, and I knew of the Tom Tom Club because there was a girl that I went to high school with freshman year and like and you know when you're in high school like you only care about the three bands. So like, you yeah. know, so like literally everything that she did, it was like, well, the Tom Tom club, blah, blah, blah. Like uh-huh, she just uh-huh. talked about the Tom Tom <laughs> club all the time. So I didn't, so I knew that they were a band, but like, if you were like, I'll give you a million dollars, if you can name one of their songs, I couldn't no do idea. it to save my life. <laughs> but I remember watching with some friends, it was like VH1's like one hit wonders, like whatever happened to this band. Mm-hmm. And so they were going through like every band's song. And then they did the, that song by the Tom Tom yeah. club. And I was like, Oh, at first I was uh-huh. like, oh, that's the Tom Tom Club? Because, like, I've heard of them since 1992. Mm-hmm. Couldn't name a song to save my life. Yep. And then I was also like, oh, like, they're white? Because yeah. for me, I was like, I I literally only hear that song at, like, black barbecues, yep. Yep. black nightclubs. Yep. Like, it, um, uh, yeah, and I sort of have, like, my whole list of, like, songs where it's like, oh, like, white people did that? Yeah. So, yeah. You'd like, be amazed at the hip-hop samples. Mm-hmm. That are like Galt McDermott yeah. from uh, Buster Rhymes. Um, I think Wuha got you on. Okay, the, yeah. Like that uh, harpsichord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gal- uh, Galt, McDo- uh, Galt McDermott. Mm, okay. Straight white dude. Interesting. But like most like, yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of like yeah, great I'm, artists and musicians. Yeah, yeah like, like a lot of, white, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, like I know like li- through listening to De La Soul and then yeah. later listening to Steely Dan, it's like, oh, that's a Steely Dan oh, yeah, sample. Aja, yeah. Um, uh, uh, also, De La Soul sampling uh, "I Can't Go for That" Hall by Hollow Notes because yeah. I remember when when I first so I remember hearing that sample back in when I was in sixth grade because that's when Three Feet High and Rising came out, yep. and then later in the early two thousands, um, there was a club. I don't know if it was still around when you got to Philly, but there was a club like off of Rittenhouse Square called Lowy, and mm-hmm. yeah, and it it was like the spot in like two thousand three where like the woke or pseudo woke, like, you know, like the, the flowing scarves and natural hair crowd went (laughs) and, and they had uh, this DJ collective called uh, soul traveling or soul travelers. So so it was a collective. So like they used to play and that was one of the songs that like got everyone going. Uh So I had heard that song and I just assumed that it was a black R and B band. Yeah. And separately, there was a lot of hollow notes that I was listening to because I had a friend who like, whenever we'd get drunk at, um, Oscar's Tavern in Center oh, City. Yeah. He'd be like, you know, play She's Gone by Hollow Notes. That's my favorite song. <laughs> so then later, fast forward like a year later, like I was at a, um, I was visiting a friend and he had like a Hollow Notes uh, CD. And I'm like, oh, dude, play that. Cause yeah. like, I, and then I Can't Go For That came on. And I was like, these guys yeah. did that? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's uh, Bobby Caldwell. Yes. Who I, I literally what? only learned that he was <laughs> white, like, Three months ago, yeah. yeah Naomi told yep. me. I, I was like, yeah, Bobby, yeah, Bobby Caldwell, um, 
Rick Astley, Michael McDonald, Michael McDonald. Yeah, because I, yeah. um, because I, yeah, I remember being in like eleventh grade, and it was the like hits, you know, hits of the eighties. Yeah. Like the CD was being, you know, they're advertising it, and that's why I heard. I keep forgetting, and I'm like, oh, yeah. like that's yeah. War- Warren yeah. G. And it, then the, uh, the Doobie Brothers, man, mm-hmm. they were they were funky too. They were man. very yeah. funky band, very funky band. I think my biggest sort of like whoa moment was. Um, I was listening to, um, so I was, you know, like most kids, you know, I was fairly into Michael Jackson as a kid. Like, Uh you know, I kind of knew Thriller. Bad was really the album that I grew up on. Okay. Um, but I'd never really heard Off the Wall until I got to college, which I think is, you know, amazing. And, you know, disclaimer, this is in no way an endorsement of Michael Jackson's personal life. You know, the, you know, speaking strictly about the art, but off the wall one, because I just think it's, it's such an interesting album because it's really before like the mystique of Michael Jackson took over. So it's really just like a straight ahead R and B album as opposed to thriller and bad and dangerous. It's It's like, it's pop. And it's like, it like the, the myth is just as big as like the work and probably more so, but off the wall, it's like straight ahead R and B. But all of the funky tunes, so like, um, so the song Off the Wall, um, I think Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, yeah. uh, Baby Be Mine off of Thriller, uh-huh. um, they were written by Rod Temperton, mm-hmm. who I always assume was a black dude from Detroit, yeah, because nope. I know he wrote a lot of stuff for Anita Baker, <laughs> yep. and then I was listening to the like, you know, the behind the scenes documentary of, of Off the Wall that was a part of the CD, and I hear him talking, and I'm like, and so I hear a British voice. I'm like, okay, it's a black dude from England. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And then I like do a Google search and I'm like, no, like this is a very, very, very yeah. European white uh-huh. British man with like long, like sandy blonde yeah. hair. And I was like, yo, I mean, even, this, like these songs, like these are the funkiest songs on yeah. the album. I forget uh, their names, of course, now are slipping my mind, but um, producers, like, well, the engineers for Chop Call Quest. Mm. Um, forget his name but he was a white guy yeah um and then what is his name he's like a guru um he what rick, uh, rick rubin yeah oh yeah rick rubin rick rubin yeah like produced like some of like you know especially like early, like early the, 80s, yeah the early def jam late stuff. 80s yeah. yeah i mean who would have thought who would have thought know? yeah and and but, he's yeah. and he's like a like metal dude yeah. like yes like head banging like yeah. super long hair long island yeah 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 so it's i mean yeah, again, it's about what does this music convey? Mm-hmm. Is it good, yeah. first of all? Yeah. Right? Um, is it harming anybody? Sure. Right? Um, if it if it meets those two criteria mm-hmm. and I vibe with it, then I'll listen to yeah. it or I'll read it or I'll watch it yeah. or I will, you know, experience it. Um, even some stuff by like, uh, what's a, it's not a good song. Sure. Um, but it's what's uh, I mean, good is relative, I think. Very, yeah. What's uh, Slipknot's uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's their one? Uh, like, I want to like uh, I, I know I don't know any Slipknot uh, like songs, I mean, yeah. uh, because like, like those dudes are just like a little too like testosterone for me. I mean, it's like anytime I see people in masks and like yeah. jumpsuits, I'm like, yo, this is a little too yeah. like scary for me, but I'm I'm sure they make. Make good, good music, you know, yeah. Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I roll with Marilyn music. Manson. Yeah, yeah, like Marilyn Manson, Rancid. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, and I went through like my whole like 
hardcore. I was a phase. Creed head. Okay, while, respect, Who respect. Saw wild, yeah. Oh I'm, man, that's that's jam, funny. You know? That's funny. Um, but yeah, if it's good, if it's bringing about goodness, yeah. Um, I will give it a try. Sure. Um, I just want to say for the record, you might be the only. Uh, overt slipknot like you know or someone who who can like be like oh yeah like that one slipknot song and i don't want to say was, it was my bad song, yeah, but yeah yeah i mean but like you know uh of, of any race creed yeah. color orientation Word. gender identity I, don't, I literally have not met a single person who's like yeah this one song by slipknot yeah, yeah like you know I, I fuck with that song. yeah literally so. one okay of songs. yeah fair enough um, fair enough but yeah if it's good and then like there are some black and brown artists that I will never listen to mm-hmm. again. Yeah. You know, I don't want to even say their names, sure. but yeah. um, it's about the vibe and the yeah. energy that this person or group are giving off. Yeah. And if I connect with the message, um, even if I don't, like Flying Lotus, I don't know if you know Flying Lotus. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. It's like a guy. It's like a yeah. person, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know of him. Great producer. Of, yeah. Um, amazing, like, mind as well. Mm-hmm. He has... He's really into like horror, okay, yeah, and like gore yeah, films. Yeah, um, I'm not into it, but yeah. I gave it a watch. Right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's a good person. Yeah, he puts out good music. So I was yeah. like, all right, let me see what else he can do. Right. Um. So yeah, it's if it's like uh some I was watching uh <laughs> they there's this uh, uh news that Quentin Tarantino is going to do a Star Trek. Interesting. Did you see that? I did not. I did not. I I, I love how like you you are like my breaking like Quentin Tarantino Yo. news guy because when when you sent me the uh, the the link uh, to the article it was like three months ago like about the new film that he's doing about like the sixties yeah like yep. I you you were the first per yeah so the the last two pieces of Tarantino news yeah. I have learned has come from you so you, I don't you're know my if it's Tarantino. true yeah but there was a meme and it was like a person screaming and like. It was, we're going to space. And then they have like the N word. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So that's was, very Tarantino. Like, yeah. 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 And you know, um, you know, questionable as you will. Mm-hmm. Great mind. Oh, absolutely. Great, you know, visionary. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Usher, he's ushered in the like sort of legitimization of independent cinema yeah. in America. And so many people like without Tarantino, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have Wes Anderson yep. And the Coen you, brothers, the Coen brothers, Kevin mm-hmm. Smith, um, uh, you know, Greta Gerwig, who did Lady Bird, like Tarantino okay. made that whole like yeah. Cannes Film Festival mm-hmm. circuit like a thing. So. And like what I appreciate about him mm-hmm. is he always references where he gets whether like the inspiration mm-hmm. or like the actual shot. Yes. Of like what like he's like mirroring almost. Yeah. So like isn't like inspired. Like yeah. he will do interviews and say their names. Yes. Right? He's not claiming, oh, I thought about mm-hmm. it. No, like yeah. so I respect that. Even like, you know, um, if I don't know, like Led Zeppelin never really claimed to like have uh, been inspired to I don't I don't know if sure, they sure. have been. But I'm a Led Zeppelin fan. Right. You know, uh what's their uh one uh Dolly like the album cover, it looks like uh What's the artist where like the eyes are coming out of like goo? Uh, so I mean, is it like inspired by like Salvador Dali? Yes, yeah, Salvador Dali. Okay. Yeah. What's the um number ones like? Uh yeah, I mean, so there's Zeppelin's one, two, three, and four. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So yeah, those are dope. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they have, and of course, in this era, you know, right. interviews are more prevalent. I don't know if they could have claimed, you know, where they got their inspiration from, 
But yeah, as long as people like recognize, yeah. um, I am not for. I used to be about like oh, appropriation. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, I don't have energy for that anymore. Sure, I feel you. You know, or like worrying about. Well, this is a white guy with locks. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, I mean, let him or her or them wear their hair they how they want. Yeah, you know, like they. I there was a post on Facebook, and I'll like wrap up with it. But it was saying like, oh, like this Asian woman has locks. What do you think about it? I was like, you know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. One, yeah. But just so y'all can hear it from my, you know, my words, um, they can always copy the style but they can never duplicate the swag mm-hmm. right yes and i yeah. don't care who you are yeah i could always try and copy quentin tarantino's mm-hmm. style right but never the swag that he absolutely. delivers absolutely absolutely so with anybody with anything i mean yeah that's yeah my no take on it no interesting yeah. interesting so something i'm super curious about is what is it about hunter s thompson that you're into because I don't really know that much about yeah. Hunter S. Thompson. I've seen a few crazy interviews that he did on yeah, Conan O'Brien where he's like he and Conan are at a gun range and he's like drinking whiskey yep. while he's shooting. And, you know, I've seen like <laughs> five minutes of Fear and Loathing yeah. in Las Vegas. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it seems pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. But yeah, like like what's his what's what is it about his stuff that you find appealing? He is uh, able to eloquently and kind of concise, mm-hmm. you know, in a in a concise manner, convey an idea that almost like when you read it, you feel like he's having a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of it's like the two don't match, right? So whenever he's doing an interview and he's high as shit yeah. and he's drinking and he's you know weird, he's a yeah. cr- like a crazy man. Yeah. Well, crazy in quotes because that's mm-hmm. an ableist term. But right. I'm sorry. Um, but when you read his work, it's like, wow, like this is coming from that guy. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You no. Know? So it's like the two don't match. And I'm always interested in people who, uh, you wouldn't think it comes from them. Mm-hmm. Like there's an artist in the same kind of vein. Her name's Tierra Wack. Okay. Um, black woman from Philly moved to Atlanta for like a few years and came mm-hmm. back to Philly rap artist. She actually opened for Flying Lotus when I went to see her. Okay. So kind of like weird out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her the WAC is an acronym for Weird, Hype, and Crazy Kids. Awesome. Yeah, really awesome. amazing artist. Yeah. But like when she does interviews, she's kind of the opposite. So in her artwork, she's out there. Um, and you're in, you know, to uh, visuals, you should watch her. Um, she has an album that she rapped. It's like 15 minute long album, mm. but it's all one music video. Whoa. And like nice. she's in like yeah. the dentist chair mm-hmm. rapping and like really dope. Yeah. 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 But when you when she does an interview, she's like very introverted and mm-hmm. quiet mm-hmm. and like calm. And you wouldn't think that like this music and what like the like the visuals would come yeah. from. That. And I'm always interested in people who you wouldn't expect it yeah. from them. You know, it's like Kawhi Leonard being mm-hmm. an amazing basketball player. Mm-hmm. Being a weird, quiet dude. But weird, quiet dude. A yeah. beast on yes. the court. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's it's something that I, you know, I find super interesting and I've wanted to explore for myself, partially because it's whenever I like talk to people, like when I really get into my childhood, especially with people that only know me from work, mm-hmm. people have a hard time believing that like I'm a very goofy dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, cause like, you know, I'm pretty serious at work because of like the name, you know, we're, we're yeah, in similar fields. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it, there, you know, it's a serious undertaking. Um, you know, although I have been consciously trying to bring more humor and levity to this type of work. Cause I feel like it's very important for, 
for black and brown youth for it not to be like yeah don't do not laugh how how can you laugh when people are starving it's like it's actually like you i think that there's actually more of a need to have humor Mm -hmm. and joy and joy Mm -hmm. because the point of all of this work is so that people have joy and abundance Mm -hmm. and and not like no 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 literally frown until there is until there is no unhappiness anywhere it's like well that's not going to happen. You're going to be frowning. You're, you're going to be frowning forever. Yeah. Um, but you know, but like people have a hard time believing that like when I go home, I'm not necessarily interested in doing like a deep dive into like breaking bad or, you know, like I watched Mad Men kind of got over it after a while. Yeah. Um, but it's like, not like my work is serious enough mm-hmm. and there's enough serious stuff going on that like, ridiculous adam sandler movies yeah that like that's my yep. that's my thing or like the <laughs> most serious show i will watch is like the office or arrested yeah. development it's like you know i like the witty banter yeah. but i like it around like super juvenile yeah things and <laughs> and when i was in high school and in college like i was always like the crazy dude who people had a hard time taking seriously because it's like you're always goofy and funny yeah, and yeah. and so now i feel like it's kind of flipped but mm-hmm. like i'm always really into like oh yeah like people can do anything so like you know steve carell who was on the office mm-hmm. you know played michael scott yep. he's really made a very conscious effort to do like very serious yeah. art house films now yep. which i think is amazing or even um you know, I don't watch a lot of late night talk shows, but like Stephen Colbert has really brought like a very unique, um, thoughtful, introspective, philosophical, philosophical yeah. and political lens to the comedy yeah. that he's doing now. Yeah. Um, you know, and then like, the, you know, and this is the same guy. And I watched him on The Daily Show back in like 2003, yeah. you know, when he was super goofy. Yeah. And I remember seeing him on a show called Strangers with Candy. <laughs> Which, if you haven't seen, it's... I have not. Dude, it's <laughs> weird. Nice. Like, I think you would totally dig it. it but yeah, yeah it, <laughs> it was on Comedy Central for like two years. Okay. Like, take sort of like the vibe of Arrested Development times a billion okay that that's how weird it was but yeah so he, yeah Word. he was yeah he was like a teacher on that or something but yeah like the i i really like the the stark contrast because i feel like yeah that's the space to some degree that we all live in mm-hmm. whether we you know whether we show that or not yeah i mean someone once told me and i kind of agree but i'm not here to define terms for other sure. people but uh, they said that art should be divisive, mm, mm-hmm. right? Either you should love it or hate it. Because if you feel like, hmm, about it, like, why did they do it? Or, sure. Like, why view this if you're yeah. not going to have an emotion towards it, right? Um, so, yeah, when I, like, like going back to Hunter S. Thompson, like, when I read his work, and especially, like, the letter he wrote to his nephew, I live by that letter. Like, mm. what is my purpose? And if you haven't read it, the uh, listeners out there, just Google Hunter S. Thompson's letter to his nephew. And like he like really breaks like again, like like you're having a conversation with him mm-hmm. and he knows the questions you're gonna ask while he's writing. So he'll put the answers in there. Yeah. Like legit in the order you're thinking it's like really strange. Like me at least, like he could read my mind like in the past and write the answers that I have that mean a lot to me in the future. But like now yeah. it's like yeah. yeah, so um yeah, he's a really divisive person. But oh yeah, yeah very but much his artwork, so. Yeah, so, um, 
yeah, it should be either one or the other. Either you love him or you hate him. And I happen to love him. You happen to love him. Yeah. How, how did you get into him? Um, Fear Loathing in Las Vegas was my first introduction okay. with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't know it was about his life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a true story of like him like being like hopped up on ether. Yeah. Driving like ether, LSD, weed, and alcohol, driving around Las Vegas, like trying to end, like interviewing. It was just weird. And I was yeah. like, what is this? And I'm really into like that kind of like, again, weird, mm-hmm. whether it's sci fi, yeah. fantasy, but like, um, I'm not, I'm not like a huge rom com kind of person. Interesting. Yeah, not, yeah, not so much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it has to be like either really weird or like really like fantasy, like, um, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this. Yeah. So I think Netflix. I think I. It's so old. I think I ordered like the DVD. Oh, the the, the actual yeah. disc. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, that's my first intro. Um. So what other quote unquote weird stuff are you into? Because th- this yeah. is this is also one of the reasons that I like uh, these interviews is. Because, you know, so much of our conversations is around, like, work and heavy yeah. life stuff, you know. And, like, you know, we kind of every now and then get a chance to, like, talk about, yeah. like, oh, like, this crazy thing happened uh-huh. on the weekend. But, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't get to do a lot of yeah. this. So, yeah. So, what's some of the other weird stuff um, that you're into? So, I'm really into, like, uh, sounds. So, mm-hmm. I am uh, looking into, like, buying this MIDI device that I can hook up to my plants and it produces the sound that like the cells in the plants are like, so like the, the same way our muscles grow, like when we work out, sure. the muscles rip and protein and amino acids yeah. and all that fill the muscles. Same with uh, plants, like the cell walls break and whatever fills, I don't know if it's cellulose, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. something fills it. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, the cell walls break and that makes a sound or like it makes a noise where this device that can capture that sound. It's like when like a um uh, a weather person is showing you like the cloudiness that's about to like ensue upon mm-hmm. Philly and they color it green or blue yeah, or red. Yeah. Clouds aren't green right. or blue or red, but visually we can see it that way mm-hmm. and that's how we know. Yeah, we understand Same the, thing the with layers. sounds. Yeah. They just apply this MIDI device to the sounds that plants make and it can play like music. So I'm going to buy one of those. And they say, like, I really want to get into Reiki work and like yeah, energy yeah. work. And they say, like, there was a study um, that Stevie Wonder's The Life of Plants mm-hmm, album mm-hmm. was about this, like, what uh, came from this study that two scientists did that talked about how plants produce sounds. Um, and it like they talked about how, like, when they had a plant in, like, a coffee shop or something, and when different people walked by the plant, they would listen to the sounds it omitted. And one person walked by and like started like radiating sounds mm-hmm. and like you know it was whatever like MIDI instrument, maybe like yeah. a, a flute or something, a synth, and it's like radiating this sound. And like um, they asked like like what like who are you? What do yeah. you do? It was a Reiki worker, right? Mm-hmm. Or it was a mm-hmm. botanist. Yeah, it was yeah. you know. So like people who like know plants and like mm-hmm. they communicate. Yeah, yeah. Right? 
Yeah. So that's one weird thing. I'm oh, that's that's super cool. So what I yeah. find interesting about that, yeah, because, you know, as we were talking a little bit before we started recording, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, in the, the mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been reading a lot. I've been reading a lot of this stuff for 20 years, and, you know, I don't necessarily share it with a lot of people. Um, but, you know, a lot of the concepts really just around the, you know, the energy that a person emits as mm-hmm. they move through the space and the fact that, like, brain waves are not that different from radio waves or, or television waves and like yep. even the idea of people finishing each other's sentences it's because their brain waves are in harmony yeah. you know all of the studies that they've done about like you know negative emotions affect mm-hmm. water and like that's how like harmful thoughts actually yeah. like make you sick yep there's ions that are contained in water and in grass which is why you feel refreshed when you take a shower yeah when you actually walk bare feet on mm-hmm. barefoot on yep. grass like your body feels different yeah. i you know so yeah i'm i'm a firm believer in all of that but one of the um ideas that a friend of mine mentioned where i'm like i don't know if i believe that i think that's a super interesting idea though is that he actually so he is someone who has always had a he's always been very perceptive of spirits like okay. he said ever since he was a little kid you know and and he talks about how you know, like every now and then they're like, there are these various spirits who just sort of like visit him every couple of yeah. years. Sometimes they impart information to him. And he says it very matter of factly, like not like the spirit came, but yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, like the spirit showed up and, yeah. you know, sort of told me about some stuff. Nothing mystical yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, nothing mystical mm-hmm. about it. But he has a theory that at some point in the future, we will actually be able to have devices that can detect spirits in our realm the same way like we can detect germs of like oh well you can't see the germ on your skin uh but you shine a light on it and it's like oh like uh, there it is right there so yeah he thinks that's something that will will be will happen at some point in human existence yeah yeah and i'm all for it oh yeah as as am i as am i i'm like a little scared of it just because it's like it's like oh well like you know is there like you know uh uh, like the spirit of like my you know uh dead grandpa Uh like in the room (laughs) with me while like you know like i'm like chugging beer when i tell yeah. like naomi like i'm cleaning the kitchen yeah, yeah. like oh no I, i've been yeah no mercer is taken care of and i'm like you know i'm, I'm doing shots like, of, yeah you know jägermeister or something <laughs> um uh so we we only have a few minutes but i want to thank you for uh, the you. for yeah. the time you've uh, taken to you know talk about life and influences and how it all comes together so i got a couple of questions for you so you mentioned that you're into like more like fantasy in like yeah. the sci-fi fantasy realm. So are you like a big Lord of the Rings? Yes. Fan. Yeah. Okay. Like it, because I just s- swords and horses. Can't do it. I can't do it. Like I like no. I like technology. Okay. I like spaceships. Yeah. I've tried. My oldest brother is super into Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, Naomi, you know, my wife for the listeners who are listening. So like, she's more into fantasy than sci-fi. Okay. So I had to see all of the Hobbit movies yes. with her. I couldn't follow and I could quite, kind of sort of follow yeah. them. Um, Game of Thrones. Oh, I, best. I could, I about like halfway through, I finally got it figured out of like, okay, this person and that, it and like while, they're yeah. related to them. Um, but yeah, like, so like, so, uh, Try to you know quote unquote s- sell me on Lord of the Rings you know because like, right. I'm 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 not a Lord of the Rings guy like like how do you so okay so swords is what does it for you is it like the time period or is it just the fantasy portion of it because Big Fish 
you know, uh, what's the movie Big Fish, right? Yeah, yeah, by um by what's Tim his Burton? Fate? Yeah, Tim Burton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's to me fantasy. Yeah, no, true, true. Um so like yeah, I love Tim Burton movies. Right. Um so is it the time period that you're not into or is it like the fantasy part of like because I guess yeah. if it's a time period, you don't have technology like that, but Yeah, so it's partially the fantasy because I'm not into necessarily like fighting mystical figures unless it's done really well so i love the entire marvel cinematic universe i just saw with um naomi's nephews um i just saw avengers endgame on saturday no spoilers i won't spoil anything but i think everyone knows that thanos is a major character in infinity war and endgame so he was done so well but like you know, there, like there's a there's like a backstory to him. Yeah. Like, like you understand what his motivation is. So so he just seems like oh well he's a regular dude on whatever planet he's okay. from. But like, you know, um yeah like Smaug. I'm like it's a it's a dragon. <laughs> I like I don't I don't like dragons. But yeah. but I so I like old timey stuff. But if it's but if it's sort of about like the regular stuff that they do. So like I kind of liked Game of Thrones. Because it's like you like you sort of see what they're just like like when they're like hanging out with their buddies yeah. and like they're telling dirty jokes or like yeah. they're like going to like their version of concerts. Yeah. So I like regular stuff <laughs> if it's super old. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'm interested in like getting beyond the costumes and it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, and well like no, like this is what like, you know, frat boys in Middle Earth yeah. did. So I feel like <laughs> the sort of the like the group of friends like going on the fellowship. Yeah. I'm into that. And they've actually, um, they're about to release it. They've actually made a biopic about, um, Tolkien, or I think his name is pronounced Tolkien. That's how they pronounce it in the movie. But like, I want to see that. So sort of like, it shows the inspiration of how he came up with the fellowship and all the stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, yeah, dragons and, and stuff breathing fire. I I don't really like. And then I, I'm also, I think also because, Star Trek and Star Wars were like the sci-fi mm-hmm. movies that was like the first stuff that I saw. So I'm like, oh yeah, I want to see spaceships. Yeah. I want to see lasers and robots. Yeah. So I don't know. That's I what I find, and I don't know. I got confused by Star Wars and Star Trek, especially because like the reason why I'm into fantasy and not saying that Star Wars is not this, right? But the journey. And like the logical order of that journey, like I got confused after like like the eighties star uh, Star Wars, like there was two or one. It came out in eighty nine. Uh, so are you talking about Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. So yeah, so Star Wars, uh, so Star Wars itself came out in like seventy seven. Um, Empire Strikes Back came out in eighty. Return of the Jedi came out in eighty three. But see, like the order of that, right? I was confused on. Right, because I didn't know, like, all right, so where's Luke at? Gotcha, yeah. And right. Oh, so, I'd like then, to see the story right. of a person or a group of people mm-hmm. on a journey, like a hero's journey. Yeah. Um, so, like, the reason why I like Breaking Bad mm-hmm. is because of uh, Brian Cranston's character. Because, yeah. uh, like, the journey that he's going through. Yeah. Or even Mad Men, like the journey mm-hmm. that he's yeah, going yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Lord of the Rings, you have multiple characters you can follow their journey. Um, you could follow the Hob, you know, like, uh, um, uh, did I say Lord of the Rings or did I say Game of Thrones? 
You Game said of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you haven't mentioned. Yeah. You haven't really mentioned Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Well. All of those characters that yeah. they like. You can see like the progression of where they were, and in real time, as far as I'm watching, watch each episode and see a progression. Mm-hmm. For me, Star Wars lost me, and I think it lost me in a time where I was all right. This must be what all sci-fi is like. Um, it lost me because I was confused on okay, where's Luke at? Gotcha. I saw him. I don't know, like if it was like the third episode, right? Right. So like I didn't know. So I was like, I'm just gonna like not gonna watch it anymore. Gotcha. Because I was gotcha. confused. Um, but I appreciate the sci-fi genre as like you know like even reading like Octavia mm-hmm. Butler. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, I don't know. To me, fantasy though, uh, it's incredible to see. I like seeing what people might have done, mm-hmm. not what people could do. Ah, interesting. If that makes sense. That's interesting. It's like, oh, I wonder how, oh, that's how they made bread. Right. Or that's how they, you know, stayed warm at night. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, that's how dumb little things that, yeah. you know. We, yeah, yeah. Um, but to me, sci-fi is more like, oh, this could happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or not. Maybe it'll be different. Right, right. You know, so it's like, well... One or the other, tell me. And not saying like there's an all seeing sure. eye that yeah. like is on like a volcano that you have to like take a ring back to and like right. destroy it. That's not real. <laughs> right, right. That didn't happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like the process of like the like how they did things. I don't know. Yeah, I like seeing what did happen. Okay. But okay. I'm all on a sci fi. Like for the sci fi fans out there, I am not um, No, you you, you have anger. Oh, there there man. are nerds <laughs> everywhere who Trekkies are gonna throw milk with ice in it at me. <laughs> Much milk with ice will be thrown at you. Drink uh, this. <laughs> that's very funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, we uh, we should be wrapping up. Corey, I want to thank you again oh, thank you. Yes. for coming in. This is uh, yeah, this has been a great conversation. Um, I have a couple of questions for you. Yeah. Um, so first question, you talked about the you know the the sort of um, for lack of a better word the 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 B side civil rights icons mm-hmm. and, and B sides. Not in in terms of public narrative, you know, mm-hmm. uh, very powerful, amazing people, but just they have not necessarily gotten the recognition um, that they really have earned through their work and their sacrifice. So, who are um, you know three lesser known figures in the world of civil rights advocacy that yeah. you think people should know about? Uh, ya Asentewa. Okay. So, um, during the uh, Ghanaian Revolution for Independence, mm-hmm. um, well, not for uh, Independence, uh, for like so, whenever we uh, uh, the continent was being colonized right. and broken up into yes. you know different um, pieces, basically, um, the men in uh, I think it was hmm, maybe the Volta region is where she's from. Okay. Um, they like laid down their weapons to the British. They were like, oh, mm-hmm. like they have guns. We can't win. Yasintawa, this black woman was like, nah, like we're going to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. And she actually, um, uh, pushed off the British for at least three battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Until, you know, ultimately, you know, guns, uh, and that, that kind of technology. Right. Yes. Will sometimes win. Yes. Sometimes. Um, so yeah, she was like just badass. Okay, and and her name is pronounced Ya Asentua. Yeah, Ya Asentua. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Who else? Well, alive. Sure. Yeah. Um. Well. 
No, I go go with go with your first instinct with with all of these yeah. questions. Um, Fred Hampton, mm-hmm. of course, sure. Uh, Black Panther Party. Um, reading so Huey Newton has a book called Revolutionary Suicide, and reading about how Huey and Fred, you know, really, um, were integral in the Black Panther Party, and really getting into like their mission and like the revolution that they were sparking. Um, wasn't just you know guns and right, yeah. you know free food. Mm-hmm. It was more so about um, growth in the black community, uh, holistic growth. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there were problems, you know, with yeah. misogyny as there always there always it, uh, always is always has been unfortunately yeah. unfortunately yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Fred Hampton is another. Um, and for my last one, let's see. I mean, well, Steve Biko. Yeah. 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 Um, I write what I like mm-hmm. um, during uh, South African apartheid um, was revolutionary and especially like the young people's movement sure, sure. in Soweto um, with the youth uprisings, yeah. uh, the African National Congress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just an influential character that um, his story is really fascinating to me yeah. about like how he was exiled and, mm. you know, uh, for writing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and how he really inspired young people with yeah. his words, um, and really caused change. So yeah, yeah no, that yeah, that's that's super interesting um, because you know I think that you know from my perspective the um, Steve Biko story. I mean, I I learned about him through the film Cry Freedom. Okay, and I I I remember my grandparents watching it when I was a little kid, but I was really too young to understand like yeah. what they were watching. Um, and the only reason I really even know about it is just because I used to be obsessed with all of Denzel Washington's films, mm-hmm. and you know, and he um, he got he got a, an Academy Award nomination okay. for the film. It's it's a it's a pretty good film. It definitely sort of not sort of it suffers from the white savior narrative yeah. a bit because it it really it's directed by a British director Richard Attenborough and Kevin Klein is is in it. He plays okay. Donald Woods, who was you know his. You know his, um, you know his ally, but it's yeah. it's more really a film about Donald Woods than it is about Stephen Biko. Yeah. No surprise there. Um, but it, but yeah, I mean, it's. But I, I feel like you know, I mean, at least from my perspective, the Nelson Mandela narrative is so strong here in America that yeah. people forget about the Steve Bicos, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Slovo, um, Govan and Becky, yeah. all of these different And they forget people. that, like, he was bombing government buildings. Yeah. Like, he wasn't, like, out here, like, holding hands mm-hmm. and singing peace protest yeah. songs. Like, yeah. he was bombing buildings. That's yeah. why he was thrown in jail. Yeah. So, like, it's not like, like, we might know, like, oh, he was a peaceful guy. Right. He was the first black president of South Africa. Yeah, but he was in jail for 29 years because... Yeah. He was killing people trying Abs- to get yeah. the message across. Yeah, yeah, you know? the, yeah. The 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 Mandela the Mandela that we know now. It's a very consciously cultivated oh, yeah. image, and partially that he consciously cultivated yeah. because you know, as a president, there's a certain mm-hmm. decorum, and you know, and he was very you know about you know the the truth and reconciliation. reconciliation but yeah, but the, yeah. the the young Nelson Mandela about was, that life was about that life. Yeah. It was like yeah, it was a firebrand. Yeah, you know, most definitely. Um, and Winnie Mandela never oh. really gave that nah. up, <laughs> which you know, um, you know, caused a lot of rifts for yeah. them. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, if now if there are three either books by Hunter S. Thompson or like articles, you know, or you okay. know, sort of you know, think pieces that you think like, you know, like the, these are the three mm-hmm. Hunter S Thompson 
things that know people know should know names. to um well definitely the letter to okay. his nephew yeah. um for kind of like more of his introspective side mm-hmm. where he's giving and like relaying information on living a better life um and then the other one I'll share is like uh, uh, again fear and loathing in Las Vegas um for his more like outlandish side yeah so like like the dichotomy i think mm-hmm. of those two are perfect I, I don't know if i can think of another one off top right now but i think those two kind of like convey him holistically yeah. one is talking about like okay his nephew was lost on like his purpose like i don't know why i'm on this earth and being you know you know an uncle hunter s thompson just wrote him back saying well interesting question you ask mm-hmm. about life's purpose let's talk about it yeah right so he's really like lovingly holding his nephew's hand, taking him through life and what he thinks is right answers. Yeah. And he always says like, this is what I think, yeah. but what do you think? And then he conveys why he thinks that. Fear and loathing is just him getting fucked up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just like, yeah, living his life. I yeah. mean, so interviews, just like look up Google interviews of sure, him. Sure, sure. And like the way he spoke was really like, oh. Just all, all over. Mm-hmm, it was like mm-hmm. really all over, yeah. like mumbling a lot. Um, but yeah, just a weird dude. And I love it. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. And then a uh, final question. If there is any message that you want to convey to any young people that might be listening to this, particularly young people, black people in this country, young people of African descent, mm-hmm either in the United States or in the lar- the larger diaspora, what is um, what is a message you would want to convey to them? Yeah. Um, so Ubuntu means we are one, um, or I am because we are in actual. So I would say that, you know, um, in the American black community, there is sometimes a divisiveness that occurs especially with black trans women and, you know, the uh, black gay community Mm -hmm. in general, Mm -hmm. Um, or the, like this persona we have of like the wealthy blacks, like, you know, like the Carlton effect, you know? Um, Or there's one of, you know, um, that people try to convey on us. Like Mm -hmm. you're either going to be a musician or an athlete. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, Always keeping in mind that if he, she, or they, as our black brothers or sisters or siblings, if they don't win, then we don't win. So making sure, you know, you don't have to agree with everyone's, Mm -hmm. you know, decisions, uh, but respect people's choice to make their own decisions Mm -hmm. and fight for them to make those decisions. Mm. Don't fight for them if you don't believe that, you know, they should do X, then, well, I guess I have to agree with you. No, but respect and help them um if you see like someone you know uh you know uh being misogynistic towards like another woman speak up mm-hmm. right uh because like there was uh, a young black uh man on the bus a few months ago and i'm standing bus is kind of full and kind of in the middle of the bus and then you know young black man sitting and this elderly black woman gets on the bus and she's standing too and you're like you know i don't ever want to assume someone's Ability. Sure, I don't sure. want to say like, oh, but do you want a seat, miss? Right. So I was like, miss, do you want? So I asked him like, miss, do you want to sit down? She's like, yeah, but there's nowhere to sit. So I asked the young guy next to me like, in a respectful way, mm-hmm. not like, yo, get up, man. She wants to sit down. Can't you see that? 
that's not how people, you know, um, need to be talked to. Right. And no one responds well if sure. you speak to them. Yeah. So I asked him, I was like, hey, uh, would you mind if she sits down? You know, she had a long day. Yeah. Speak to people like humans. Mm-hmm. He got up and she sat down. Yeah. You know, that's uh, the outcome we all wanted. So um, respectability, politics, as far as, well, pull your pants. What's that going to do? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I will finish with a quote Malcolm X says. Um, Instead of showing someone how uh, dirty their cup of water is, show them how clean yours is. Right? So don't talk down to anybody. Mm-hmm. But with your own life, convey goodness and show people what goodness looks like. Right? So Excellent. Thank you so much, Indeed. Corey. Thank I really you. appreciate yes. it. Yes.